What a treat to be here in Cabot with this great church family and with our beloved friends, Brother and Sister Gaddy, who have distinguished themselves so wonderfully throughout our fellowship by their faithfulness, their giftings. And uh, I just appreciate the fact that I get to hang around the edges and show up and be here with you. I believe that God's wanting to do something this morning. What your pastor just said, that the Spirit of God is present, and I think that our... I think that the Lord would like to work in this place just as his word is being talked about. So let's let our faith go. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Maybe the most dubious statement ever uttered about God in all 66 of these anointed books was when someone among those motley millions who were wandering with Moses in the wilderness rhetorically asked, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Not coincidentally, in the same chapter and narrative, chronicling his people's trek through that trackless desert where we are told he did marvelous things in the sight of their fathers. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the water stand up in a heap. He led them with a cloud by day and a fiery pillar by night. He claved the rocks and gave them drink and caused waters to run down like rivers still yet for all this, the sacred record says that despite what he had done, still yet someone had the temerity to ask, Can God? And the Almighty was not amused. And so some 3,000 years after the psalmist first recorded it, I've come to say, on this Lord's Day morning, God can. Everybody shout, God can. Whatever it is, God just can. He can mend your marriage, bless your business. He can supply your needs, heal your hurts, save your soul. He can. Somebody say now, He just can. Amen. He can make a bush talk. He can make a mountain smoke and manna fall and an iron head swim. He can. You may want to say he can. He can bring water from a flint rock and fire from on high. He is above all, through all, in you all, all and all. God blessed forever. If the question is can God, then the answer is God can. Clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Sadly, our society is so intoxicated on itself that 
that to some the Almighty appears more pygmy than Prometheus. He is more known than giant. His ear too heavy, they think, to hear them. His arm too short, they pretend to help them. The misguided lives of millions, and you and I are not immune, The misguided lies of millions give silent witness to the shrunken souls and convoluted concepts that many of their maker and that many have of their maker. And they, and God forbid, we are poor for it. We are poor for this misconception about God. And thus do I come on this sacred place and time to disabuse us, if I may and if need be, of any notion that we may have of putting can in front of God. To say it again here and now that He is on top of whatever is on top of you. Amen? Whether sin, whether sickness, whether sadness or sorrow, be it physical pain, financial strain, family, friend, or foe, our God is eminently able and for it all, God just can. Standing astride to eternity's feet firmly planted in the future and past, I would tell you that God is greater than time. Amen? The prophet Micah was right when he wrote out, Of thee, Bethlehem Ephrathah, shall he come forth, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. According to the Hebrew letter, he was made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Isaiah promised that he would be a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest. He said he would be rivers of water in a dry place and like the shadow of a rock in a weary lamb. The Psalter called him a very present help in time of trouble. And when a frantic father pleading for his son vexed by Satan when he spoke of the horror he had endured for lo these many years, those years were powerless against Christ's command to come out of him and enter into him no more because God can. God just can. Hostage as she was to the clock in the calendar, Martha lamented that her beloved Lazarus had been dead four days. Somebody shout four days. And she said, he stinketh by now. But I'm here to tell you, he still came forth when Jesus summoned him from the grave cave because he's greater than time. Four days doesn't make any difference. How long? How long have you suffered? How long have you sorrowed? How long have you struggled or sinned? How long have you doubted? How long have you denied? It means nothing at all. Not one whit to God because God is greater than time. Lazarus is dead four days. The palsied woman is bent low 18 years. The cripple is by Bethesda's pool for 38 years, and that blind beggar is sightless from birth for a lifetime. Israel is in Babylon some 70 years. Abraham's seed is in Egypt four-plus centuries, but he delivered them all because he's greater than time, and God always can. 
You really want to get yourself in the habit of saying it, God can. Every day, you ought to wake up, look yourself in the mirror and say, whatever it is out there, God can. God can. If the question is, can God, the answer is God can. He's greater than any place or space. God is everywhere, all way. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, the writer said, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. The heralding angel foretold it. His name shall be called Emmanuel. We call it God with us. It is more accurately the with us God. Because God is greater than time and space. He is everywhere. We can run, but we can't hide. Wherever we go, he's already there. Amen. And he is able, somebody say, to the uttermost. Seeing what we don't see. Seeing us when we don't see him. Hearing us when we can't hear him. Reaching us when we can't reach him. Paul assured the Stoics and the Epicureans patronizing those pagan images at the base of Mars Hill that they should seek the Lord, he said, if haply they might feel after him and find him. Here it comes. Though he be not far from every one of us. Everybody says near us all, all the time. He's close. He's within reach at least unless anybody was to despair feeling that yourself, that you're far from God. It has nothing to do with where we are. It's where he is. He's everywhere, always, which is why God always. He's everywhere. Oh, <laughs> The Bible said that he's near us all and it has nothing to do with where we are. It has everything to do with where he is. He is always near us. He's greater than time, greater than space, greater than man, greater than beast, greater than earth and heaven, greater than heaven's holy host or hell's diabolical fiends. He is greater than our physical pain. He's greater than our emotional strain. He's greater than our spiritual stain. Somebody shouted, just say, he's greater. Saying he can. We simply must get this in, in our hearts as well as our heads. We, we must know this about him experientially as well as intellectually. We must know beyond shadow of doubt that God is always able, that God always can. And I'll tell you why. Our perception of God determines his performance in our life. Our perception of God determines his performance in our life. What does the Bible say? As your faith is, so be it unto you. Perhaps the Bible's oldest book, possibly the book of Job, tells us unequivocally. He said, I know that thou canst do everything. <laughs> That's inclusive. I know that thou canst do everything. We're told again and again in the biblical record that he is 
almighty, possessing all power in heaven and in earth. The prophet asked rhetorically, is anything too hard for God? The Lord himself said, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. In fact, according to Romans 13, there is no power but of God. That's why the Bible said he is all power. In the revelation, the saints will proclaim, Hallelujah for the Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. We have to get that. We have to settle that. We have to get that burned into our soul that God always can. Greater than time, greater than space, he's greater than nature itself. When he decided that certain rivers and seas needed parting, he just parted them. Amen? That was a good time for somebody to say he can. When people were hungry in the wilderness with Moses or in the meadow with him, manna fell and loaves multiplied. When a storm threatened the lives of his friends, he just stilled the storm because when his armies needed time to defeat their foe, he lengthened the day and held back the night and made the sun stand still. Come on, because... He can. When millions of his children were moving like a glacier across the desert and needed water, they didn't have to dig in the ground. That's natural. They, I know. They, God made the water run out of the side of a dry rock. That's supernatural because he can. Right? He has power over nature. Who is this, the disciples ask incredulously, that even the elements obey him? When our faith isn't perfect and when we're acting more out of hope than out of inspiration or belief, still God has power. God is always able. He can. He has power over people. Say any people. Say all people. The wise man opined, he said, even the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Every man's heart is in God's hand. He takes the murderer Moses and makes him earth's meekest man. Because he can. He will stop Saul the persecutor on his way to Damascus and make him Paul the preacher and he'll help him bend the axis of Asia around the cross of Jesus Christ because he can. Pharaoh will belch out his threats and vent his anger and refuse to let God's people go but then he'll beg them to leave when the death angel passes over and it's God's time for them to go because he can wily, deceitful old Jacob will find himself by the brook Jabbok and lose a fight with an angel and he'll limp away Israel, a man with a new nature and name, a prince who has power with God. He'll just do it because he can. The same Simon Peter who takes Christ by the neck and accuses him of not caring if they perish will sleep through the eve of his own execution because he is content in the knowledge that the devil can't kill what can't die. Amen. Look around you in this, in this holy house this morning. There's evidence everywhere that God has power over people. 
were surrounded literally with changed lives. Old things really did pass away. They really did. We're surrounded this morning by changed lives because all things truly are new. He has power over your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your husband. He has power over your wife, your friend, your foe. God can. He always can. And I say thank God for those of us in whose lives he has already. <laughs> thank God he has already. Amen. When COVID struck, my brother, who was our district superintendent and pastor in our state, he's, he's an old man. He's two years older than me. And... and And he, he, he was deathly sick with COVID in the hospital. He had been in there for weeks. They were not sure if he was going to make it. And, and, and so his doctor was scared to come in the room. Any of us that were in the hospital during COVID know how that was. And he only came every four or five days. And when he came, he would talk to him from outside the door. He wouldn't even come in his room. And so on this particular day, on this particular day, the doctor had come in his room and he examined him all and he said, you're going to be here, you know, a, a few more weeks. And, and he walked out of his room and, and the lady came in to fix his bed and get it all fixed up. And he said he slipped off the bed over to a chair. And he said, I, he told me this just again last week. He said, I, I sat down in the chair and I was just whispering and praying to God and talking to him. And he said, I physically felt the hand of God reach down in my chest to my lung. He said, I felt his hand literally come back out of my chest, out of my lungs. And he said, I knew something had changed. And he said, that doctor who only came every four or five days was only gone out of my room for a few minutes. And he turned around and came back and walked in. And he started listening to everything. And he said, this same doctor who had just told me how horrific my condition was looked at me and said, you're well. You can get up and go home. Because he can. Oh, yes, he can. Demonstrated his power over nature, over time, over circumstance, over people, proving beyond all doubt that he can do anything for anyone, anytime, anywhere. And that power, that ability has not, nor will it ever change. He is immutable, assuring us through Malachi the prophet, I am the Lord and I change not. And the Hebrew letter calling him Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. We must do more than just give intellectual assent to this. We've got to own this truth. We've got to get it inside of us that God can. God just can. Amen. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. The rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Along that same time, I was in the hospital with COVID and, and uh, had a neurological event with it and so they wouldn't even come in my room. The doctor never did. And, and so... 
I had been there about three days. They had taken me in an ambulance. And so I, uh, I took all my junk to the door and opened the door and hollered at the lady at the nurse counter. She, she liked to have a heart attack that I was up and at the, anyway. I said, ma'am, I'm leaving. I did. It was a terrifying place to be. They didn't want to talk to you. I said, I said, I'm leaving. And she said, you can't leave. I said, oh, yes, I can leave. I said, you told me I was in here for a, a brain MRI, and they just finished that. You rolled me down there, and they did it, and I'm going home. And you can't go home. I said, watch me. I'm going home, ma'am. And, and, and she said, you can't go home. The, the doctor has to sign you out. So I walked in my room. I called the doctor in my church, who's my doctor. I said, you need to get him over here because I'm going home. He said, well, he's not going to be a happy camper. I said, I'm not one in here either. And so, and so a little while went by, and he called me back. He said, Pastor, he said, he's going to come. He said, because he asked to. He said, but he's not happy. And he said, he's going to take his time getting there. I said, I'll be here. And so about 1 o'clock in the morning, I walked out. My wife was parked there in the dark at the end of the hospital emergency door. And I got in. I went home. Two or three days later, my doctor calls me. He said, did you get that follow-up MRI? I said, pardon me? He said, did you get the follow-up MRI? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, the reason they wanted to keep you is they found something on your brain. I said, what would that be? He said, a two-centimeter lesion on your brain, a mass. And they have to do another MRI with contrast, and that's why they wanted you to stay. I said, well, I said, give me a few weeks to pray about it, and then I'll go back and get the other MRI. And so I took about six weeks, and I only told just a handful of people to help me pray. And we prayed, and so when the time was up, I called my doctor. I said, Get them, to, get them to email me the order for this MRI. And I got it. When I got it, it said under diagnosis brain tumor. That's what it said. That's not encouraging when you're going to get a picture taken of it. And so it said brain tumor. And so I went to the hospital. I made the appointment. I went to the MRI. And, and just three or four days, I, I didn't get any message. And finally, my wife called the doctor. And he said, just tell pastor to call me tomorrow. And so I called him. And he said, well, he said, the, the deal is, they don't know what it is, but they know what it ain't. I said, okay. He said, it's not a cancer. It's not a tumor. It's not malignant. They don't know what it is, Pastor, to be honest, but they just know what it's not. I said, I can take that. I, I can live with that. And so that's the way it was left, and that's the way it is today because God can Amen? God can. Somebody say, God can. I want you to hear me for a minute here. To, to deny ourselves the joy and the glory of living our life in the context of that kind of faith is, is to impoverish our own souls unnecessarily. He brought Israel out of Egypt with plagues and miracles and made the formidable wall of Jericho fall flat when Joshua's motley millions marched around it. And he did all of that because he, he can. 
He sat in silence while the heathens prayed. And then he answered Elijah by fire at Carmel. He sent an earthquake to Philippi, shook open the prison doors and freed two singing preachers and saved the jailer who was baptized at midnight because he can. And as long as I have breath, I'm here to tell you that I want to never forget that ravens fed Elijah and the axe head did swim. I want to remember that fire fell on Carmel and the seas rolled back. I want to remember that manna came down from heaven and water flowed out of a flint rock. I want to remember that a widow's oil was multiplied and they found their tax money in a fish's mouth. I want to remember this. I want to remember that a lad's lunch fed thousand and the sundial moved backward and the moon stopped in the valley of Agilon. I want to remember that lepers were cleansed and the lame walked and the dumb talked and the deaf received their hearing and the blind received their sight. I don't, I want to remember that I want to know that my God can. If you want to talk to me, that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about. Clap your hands under Jesus. About a little less than two years ago, a, a, a little chuck hole wasn't, it's a city street, but it opened up right where you turn in our church. And so you had to kind of go around it. And so we noticed one day it was fixed. And and then the, the Wednesday night after it was fixed, we looked up and there was this strange new man sitting in our church about halfway back. He didn't talk to anybody. He didn't know anybody in our church. And so we started getting inquisitive and trying to figure out what was going on. And so we found out that he lived not far behind the church and he's a very skilled man, knows how to do all kinds of stuff. And he had got tired of hitting that chuck hole every time he drove by church or, or drove down that road. And so he went home and got what he needed and came back and fixed it. His name is Steve Colby. And he came back and fixed it. And he said just when he finished fixing it and put his tools in the back of his truck, he said he cranked it up and he was fixing to leave. And he said, this is not a spiritual man. He said, something said to me, I just put that hole there so you'd have to park in this parking lot. <laughs> See, he can do stuff like that. And so Steve Coley came on that Wednesday night. Didn't talk to anybody, wasn't a super friendly guy. Then he came the next Wednesday night, wouldn't talk, wouldn't say much. And he kept coming, didn't come on Sunday, just Wednesday night, came by himself and sat there. And finally, we, we, we got to checking in. And so Pastor Caleb got, went and visited him, and he said, I, 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 I want to teach you a Bible study. He taught me a Bible study, and Steve called him back. And he said, if you can prove to me the Bible says I need to be baptized in Jesus' name, I'll be baptized in Jesus' name. Caleb said, I'll meet you at lunch. And so he went and taught him another Bible study about baptism and baptized him right there in the afternoon. He said, I don't want to wait. I want to do it now. And he got the Holy Ghost. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Man. That, that, that man is, is very capable, very skilled. I, I would dare say he's probably worked at church 40 out of every 50 days in the last two years. 
unbelievable. I don't know where he gets his energy or his skill, and I don't know where he gets the time because he's always down there working. And then I looked back the other day, and his there was a young man sitting by him, and it's his son, and now he's interested in being baptized in Jesus' name. And then... Then one day they were he was we were doing remodeling in our church and, and he was fixing something and he went and called Pastor Caleb and he said, I need another air compressor. And Caleb said, Well, we'll go get one. He said, Well, I'll tell you what. He said, he said, My my ex-wife has one at her house, but I'm not going over there by myself. <laughs> so Pastor Caleb said, Well, I'll go with you. He said, Okay, we'll go get it, we'll go get it. And so when they walked in her house, she said, Man, your church sure has changed. talked to her for a little while and next thing you know she was sitting on that pew beside Steve. Because he can. He can. He can. He just can. Everybody say God can. We have promises you and I. Exceeding great and precious promises like ask and you shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Everybody said, we have promises. It shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. We have promises. Everybody say promises. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, pulling down strongholds and casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Somebody say promises. We have promises. He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Everybody say it. Yeah, we have, we have promises. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We have promises, but we don't just have promises. We have the power of prayer. Everybody say, I can pray. Anytime, from anywhere, about anything, for as long as I like. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Verily I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. I have the privilege and I have the power of prayer at my disposal. And the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man is not without consequence, but the Bible said it availeth much. Somebody say with me, say, we have promises, saying we have prayer, but more than the promises and the prayer is this time. Captured by David the psalmist in the 119th Psalm when he said, It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. More than the promises and more than the prayer is the fact that it's just time. Your pastor started service today by walking to this sacred desk and telling you that the world just got thrown into a cauldron of war in the Holy Land. It's just God's time. 
We have promises and we have the power of prayer at our disposal, but greater than each of those is the fact of our time, the time that you and I are living. Somebody say it. I'm living at the right time. We are a prophetically predestined people living at a prophetically predestined time, the generation upon whom the ends of the world have come. The Bible says that makes it time for him to work. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet with me for a minute. Somebody nudge your neighbor and say, hey, it's time. Come on, do it sincerely. Knock them. Say, hey, it's time. It's time. We knew we had promises. We knew, we, we, we knew that. We knew we had the power of prayer at our disposal. But we may not have thought about the fact that it's time. And God can do all that stuff we've talked about the last 30 minutes or so just because he can. He can. Somebody shout it. Somebody shout it. Say he can. She never came to church. She actually was coming to a prayer meeting on Friday morning, and they missed her, and they realized that Bobby Thornton had had a stroke. And so the Friday morning prayer group went to the hospital to see her one day. When they got there, they had her in this little room, and they were showing her on a video what her life was going to be like in a wheelchair because she was completely paralyzed and was in that wheelchair. And so she went home from the hospital and her husband, who had never been, his name was James, tall, lanky guy, he would pick her up in the car and set her down in the chair and walk her in and set the chair by the back pew. And, and, and that went on for a little while. And, 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 and so one, one Sunday morning, Debbie was singing just some special up there and the Spirit of God was moving. And, and I looked up and three or four young couples had kind of migrated over toward Bobby Thornton and they had decided they were going to pray for her sitting there in her wheelchair by that back pew while Debbie was finishing her song. And so I, I watched it very carefully because things like that can go south. And so I watched them. They were praying and and, and they were very sincere. And Debbie kept singing. The Spirit of the Lord kept moving. And, and I looked up, and bless your heart, they were pulling her up out of that wheelchair. And they were putting their arms under her arms. And I'm not exaggerating this one whit when I say they started dragging her down that, that aisle. They, her, she was paralyzed. She was in a wheelchair. And they were just dragging her down the aisle. And, 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 and they were praying as they went. And when they got to the front pew before God Almighty, he's my witness. You could see it. Something hit her. By the front pew, she started walking. She started dancing. She started running. She, I'm telling the truth. She pushed her wheelchair. She pushed her wheelchair out of church. Her husband came. He got the Holy Ghost, got baptized. She got the Holy Ghost, got baptized. And, and she was shouting this morning at our church because she, she does because she can. She was out there dancing, shouting, because she can. Are you hearing me? Is anybody hearing me? We have promises and we have prayer, but it's also time, and God wants to work for us. Clap your hands hard in the name of Jesus Christ. God, yes, God, yes. 
God wants to touch us right now. We can just give ourselves over in a little time of prayer and faith and, 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 and conversation with God. He'll heal our bodies right now. Yes, he will. I'll tell you what happened about two weeks ago. There was a little newborn baby in our church who was in the NIC unit because he was premature. His name is Bennett. His mother's name is Stephanie. And, and he was in the, 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 the NIC unit. He was very sick. And, and so a, a tragic thing happened. While he was in the NIC unit, he, 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 he got exposed to salmonella. And, and that little baby got very sick with salmonella, and he was already sick just from being premature. And so the church went to prayer. And the next day, the next day, we got a call from the family and they had got a call from the hospital and they had taken the baby and taken more tests in that day and his salmonella was all gone. And that baby was fine and they sent that baby home. Now you call that whatever you want to. I call it God can. God can. God can. Somebody shout it saying he does. Yeah, because he can, he does. Hallelujah. I want the Spirit of God to sweep in this place and touch somebody that's been dragging that burden and that problem and that care around. I want you to know that God will touch you and me right now just because He can. Just because He can, He'll touch us. Why don't you stretch your hands out, raise your voice to God, and let's believe that God will step in this place right now and that he'll touch us because he can come on if you want to come to the altar move toward move toward the altar that's fine gather close in the name of jesus christ and let's believe that whatever your need is god is going to come right now